Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one-on-one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. So today's episode is for all of the ruminators. It is for the obsessors. It is for those of us who can't stop replaying an event over and over in our heads when things go left, when they don't go the way that we want them to. It is for those moments when we fall into that deep spiral of self-judgment and shame. Those moments when we slap labels and judgments on ourselves. Things like, you are such a mess. You are a failure. Things never work out for you. Why do you even try? Today's episode, honestly, is for all of us because we are talking about self-judgment. And I think that all of us have those moments where we fall into that self-judgment spiral. Today, we're going to be looking at why we turn to self-judgment, why it's such a knee-jerk response when things become difficult. And I'm also going to be sharing with you four of my favorite mindset questions that allow you to get out of that deep self-judgment spiral. We're also going to be revisiting some ideas that we have been talking about over the last few months. So today's episode is this beautiful combination of ideas in practice. I really wanted to talk about self-judgment, especially right now before the holiday season. This can be an incredibly wonderful and difficult time of year. It's a time of year when we are around people that sometimes trigger us. It's a time of year when a lot is being asked of us, both professionally and personally. And also, we are coming upon the end of the year. I don't even know how that happened. I mean, that is blowing my mind still. But sometimes the end of the year can be a time where we fall into a self-judgment spiral. When we reflect on the things that we did or didn't do, when we reflect on the things that we didn't accomplish or didn't achieve. Love, there is no reason 
why you should end this year feeling any less than empowered, capable, and confident in who you are and your abilities. There is no reason to end this year in that self-judgment spiral. So today's episode is for all of us. It's one that I hope you will listen to. It is one that I hope you will share with a friend or colleague or family member who is particularly hard on themselves. And it's one that I hope you will return to. So let's get into this week's Mindset Monday. It reads, Self-judgment is a coping mechanism because it helps distract us from feeling the feelings. Judging ourselves seems easier than experiencing the heartache, the grief, or the pain. But it's only a distraction, love. So recently I had a session with a long-time client of mine. This is someone I know incredibly well. And they showed up to our call and I could tell instantly something was off. The first thing that they said was, Sharin, I am such a mess. I feel like a total failure. I have no idea what I am doing with my life. You need to help me. I am a total lost case. Okay, so for some context, this human is incredible. Like all of the wholehearted community, everyone in this community is doing the most amazing things in their lives. She has her own business. She is a mama of two kiddos. She's also taking care of her elderly parents. And so she shows up to this call saying all of these unkind things. And I'm like, okay, love, we need to dig deeper. What went on this week? Tell me. So she starts to recount her week. What had happened? First, she had set a really big deadline at work. And one of her team members, unfortunately, got sick and couldn't help out. So she had to do the work of two people. She then realized that she had made a mistake somewhere along the way. It was a small mistake, but it was something that meant she would have to spend tons of hours trying to fix and working backwards. On top of that, there was a small health scare with one of her parents. And so she had to go to a lot of doctor's appointments. And thankfully, by the time we spoke, everything was fine. Everything was okay. But there were all these demands on her time and her energy that she had not even foreseen. So she came to the call completely overwhelmed, saying the most unkind things to herself. Now, as an outsider, not even as her coach, right, just as a witness, listening to her tell me what had happened that week, I thought to myself, oh my God, damn, this is a really hard week. Like, objectively, If we had a scale of easy weeks to hard weeks, this would definitely be up there. But instead of her being able to really acknowledge that this was a hard week, a difficult week with a lot of things being asked of her, with her having to navigate a lot of difficult emotions and feelings, she instead came to the call saying that she was a mess and a failure and in a deep spiral of self-judgment. After so many years of doing this work, and not just doing this work as a coach, but doing this work myself as a human, I have come to understand that whenever self-judgment shows up, we are trying to find an out from feeling the hard feelings. Now, we talked about this in episode 127 of how we try to avoid feeling really hard feelings. 
because we get really overwhelmed by them. We get really scared by our big feelings, by feelings like grief or fear or sadness or anger. And so instead of feeling them, we try to avoid them by doing all these different things. And self-judgment is one of those avoidance techniques. I said this in episode 127, but emotions, feelings are just energy in motion. And if that energy isn't processed in a really healthy, loving way, it can become really unhealthy. So sometimes we lash out at others, right? Those moments where you snap at a loved one when you are going through something really difficult. But more often than not, that energy is directed towards ourselves. That energy goes internal. That is self-judgment. That is us berating ourselves and getting angry at ourselves for when we find ourselves in really difficult moments. Love. Self-judgment is just an avoidance technique. It is an avoidance technique that all of us use to cop out of, to get out of feeling really big feelings. Now, I know what you're saying. You're like, well, why would I do that? Because self-judgment feels really crappy, Sharon. Why would I choose self-judgment over just being super sad? Well, here's the thing. We're really comfortable and familiar with feeling self-judgment. It's an emotion that a lot of us sometimes, unfortunately, grew up with in our households, right? The way that our parents parented us or our caretakers parented us. It's an emotion that we see all over in society, in our communities. We are really familiar with that feeling of shame or self-judgment. On top of that also, there is this part of self-judgment which makes us feel like we have some control, right? It's if I judge myself, that means then I will then fix myself so I will never find myself in this situation again. So subconsciously, we see self-judgment as this form of control. We have control in situations in which we feel like we have no control. And we as humans, I've said this before on the podcast, love nothing more than feeling like we have control. So if I can just control myself, if I can no longer be a failure or a mess, if I can just fix that part of me, then everything is going to be okay. So self-judgment serves us in so many ways. That's why I call it a protective or coping mechanism. It quote-unquote saves us, right? It's not really saving us, from feeling those really big feelings that we might be scared of. And it also makes us feel like we have control. But in the process of doing this, as we all know, self-judgment makes us feel pretty crappy because it makes us believe the most unkind things about ourselves. So in this session with my client, as she is saying these unkind things to herself, right, she's telling me the story of her week and every other sentence is a judgment about herself. Every other sentence is a label about herself. As she is doing this, I am so aware that this self-judgment is just a protective mechanism. And something much deeper is asking to be felt. And she's avoiding that because she's like, I don't want to feel that. I also know that the self-judgment is helping her feel like there is a sense of control in a week in which she felt like she had no control. So love, as I am saying this, I really want you to check in 
Does this resonate for you? This idea of our self-judgment being a way out. Our self-judgment being a protective mechanism for ourselves. Our self-judgment being a source of control in situations where we feel like we have no control. In this session with my client, you know, we went through a couple exercises. We allowed her to feel those deep feelings, right? Episode 127, if you want to check that out. But what we uncovered underneath everything was a lot of fear and grief and sadness. And when she allowed herself to acknowledge and feel those feelings, that's when she was able to come out of that spiral. This is something that we all do. In Buddhism, there is a concept called the second arrow, and it's all about self-judgment. So the first arrow is the initial wound. The first arrow is losing your job. It's not having enough money to do X, Y, or Z. It's getting broken up with. The second arrow is the arrow of shame and blame and judgment that we place on ourselves for being in that situation. So the second arrow is distracting us from actually tending to the real wound, that initial wound. And it also is making the pain doubly worse. Because not only are we dealing with heartache or pain or grief, but now we're dealing with our own unkind judgments about who we are. So this practice of the second arrow is really asking you to tend to the first wound. Do not inflict pain upon yourself in this painful moment. I love these Buddhist concepts because, one, I think they illustrate so beautifully what self-judgment really feels like and is like, but also it shows to us that this is stuff that humans have been dealing with for centuries, right? That we have been dealing with self-judgment from the get, that some Buddhist back in the day was like, all y'all, need to get your head straight because this is some second arrow shit, okay? (laughs) This is why I love these concepts, right? Because I want you to know that you are so human when you fall into those moments of self-judgment. You are so human, in fact, that centuries ago, humans were humaning in the exact same way. So when we find ourselves in a moment of self-judgment, and for me, I always know I'm in a moment of self-judgment when I can hear some really unkind things in my mind, when I'm slapping labels all up on myself. I pause, I take a moment, and I ask, what is the initial wound? What is the feeling that I am avoiding feeling? What is the wound that I actually need to be tending to? Really understanding for myself that self-judgment is just a protective mechanism, a coping mechanism but that the only way out is through, and that is through the big feelings. So if you do want a refresher of how to navigate, how to move through those big feelings, check out episode 127. But I now want to share with you the four questions I ask myself when I find myself in a deep shame, self-judgment spiral. Now, these questions come from Byron Katie. She calls this the work. Now, I love this concept, but a big disclaimer, I sometimes find that Byron Katie's work can be a bit problematic because it doesn't take into account really important factors like systemic oppression, 
or trauma or a lot of really important factors. So we'll be sharing and talking about the work. I encourage you to check out Byron Katie, but also just know, right, with that disclaimer, that I believe a lot of very important things are kind of glossed over. Okay, we're going to be using the work, which are four questions to help us navigate the moments where we find ourselves in a deep self-judgment spiral. So the first thing is knowing you are in a self-judgment spiral. So I want you to figure out what that feels like or looks like for you. I shared this. For me, I know I'm in a self-judgment spiral when I am saying really unkind things to myself. When I can't stop thinking about an event and I keep playing it over and over and over again in my head, and every time I feel worse about myself, every time I feel like a total idiot, I keep, I'm obsessing, I'm ruminating, right? These are the moments I know I'm in a deep spiral of self-judgment, okay? So I want you to figure out what it means for you. Perhaps for you, it's the way your body feels. Maybe there are certain things you do or don't do, like maybe you procrastinate, maybe you Netflix binge. Each one of us, right, has a very specific and unique individual way that we feel our self-judgment. But I will say what I've encountered in most of my clients is that ruminating obsessive piece, right? Not being able to not think of the event. Okay, so now we're identifying when we are in a place of self-judgment. That's really important to know because a lot of the times we are in that headspace and totally unaware. So awareness is so key here. So as we are really practicing this, as we bring up the four questions, I want you to try it out with me. So think of a moment recently that you can identify that you were in a self-judgment spiral, a moment where you were really judging yourself, slapping labels on yourself, obsessing, ruminating. So thinking of that moment, and I want you to identify one of the judgments or labels that you used against yourself in that moment. So something like, I'm a failure, I'm a mess, I never know what I'm doing, nothing ever works out for me, I'm hopeless. So trying to identify a thought that you were repeating, really believing in that moment, allowing yourself to believe. And we're going to take that thought, that belief, and we are going to apply the four questions to it. So I'm going to use the thought, I never know what I'm doing. The first question is, is this true? Yes or no, is this true? Is this thought true? So for me, I never know what I'm doing. Is this true? Yes or no? Well, no, that's not true. It's not that I never know what I'm doing, but in that moment, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's question number one. For me, that was a clear no. But sometimes you'll find with question number one, you're like, yes, yes, I am a failure. Yes, nothing ever works out for me. Yes, I am a mess. That's okay. Keep that answer. Now we're going to move on to question number two. Can you absolutely know it is true? Is this an absolute truth in your life? So for me, I never know what I'm doing if I had answered yes in the first question. In the second question, when I think, can I absolutely know this is true? I would say, okay, actually, no, it's not absolutely true. 
It's not that I never know. It's just that I didn't know in that circumstance, right? So is it absolutely true that you are a failure in all avenues of your life? Is it absolutely true that you are a total mess in all avenues of your life? Is it absolutely true that nothing ever works out for you? So with these two questions, we are shaking the foundation of a thought. We're really questioning it and examining it. When we are in a deep spiral of self-judgment, we don't have that opportunity. We don't take that time to really examine or question the thoughts. Instead, we just keep repeating them and repeating them and repeating them. And the more we repeat a thought, the more we believe it. So these two thoughts are like, wait, stop. Is this thought true about who you are? Is it the absolute truth of who you are? So trying these two questions out with your thought and seeing what comes up and just seeing in the yes or the no how your body feels, how your mind starts to perhaps think. Maybe you're having some insights just with those two questions of is this the truth? Now, you may find that you are saying yes to both of those questions. Like, yeah, Sharon, um, it is true. I'm a failure. It is true. And that's okay. This isn't about you changing what you think. This is about you just examining your thoughts, right? So if you're saying yes to both of those, that's totally okay. We're going to now move on to the third question. And I want to see what happens here. So taking that same thought, the question is, how do you react? What happens when you believe this thought? So when you believe that I never know what I'm doing, what version of myself do I become? What kind of action or inaction do I take? What kind of decisions do I make? How do I move in the world? So when I believe this thought, who do I become? So really asking yourself that, using that thought, and thinking about how you move in the world, how you react, how you respond when you believe that you're a mess or you're a failure or that nothing ever works out for you. And the final question is, who or what would you be without the thought? So if in an imaginary world you didn't believe this thought, how would you react and respond? How would you move in the world? What kind of actions would you take? How would you feel right now if you didn't believe this thought? These questions allow us to really look at what we're believing. It allows us to stop that spiral in its tracks and to really question it. With the four questions, for me, when I practice them, I find it opens me up to possibilities. It makes my mind start to really think of, holy crap, this thought is making me do X, Y, and Z. The longer I really allow myself to believe this thought, the longer I'm going to do these things that really don't serve me in the long run. And it's not that we have to change our actions in that moment. We can never really stop thinking a thought, right? But what it allows us to do is to look at the possibilities, to become open to the possibilities. Sometimes for me, just asking that first question of, Sharin, is this true? Is it true that nothing ever works out for you? And I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm just falling into my spiral. I'm allowing myself to believe these things about who I am. No, it's not true. It's not true that I never know what I am doing. Actually, more often than not, I do know what I am doing. And if I look at this last week, 
There were moments where I really knew what I was doing, and I did things that were really courageous and amazing. So love, really checking in with yourself as we try out these four questions with your thought in seeing what is coming up for you, seeing if anything has shifted or changed. These four questions, which are seemingly simple, allow us to snap out of that moment of self-judgment, of that spiral of self-judgment. And all we're doing, right, is just examining, looking at, questioning a thought. Because more often than not, we don't question our thoughts. We just allow those thoughts to take us down this really deep tunnel of shame and blame and judgment. And when we go down that tunnel, we usually take actions that don't serve us. We usually react to things in ways that aren't really aligned with who we are and who we are becoming. And that all starts with a thought. So love, try these four questions out. Try them out in the moment. Try them out after the fact. Take out a piece of paper, say them out loud, and see what comes up for you. I do this exercise, these four questions, all of the time. In fact, I was reading an interview with Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer. She does this exercise every morning. She takes a thought that she is believing, and she applies the four questions to it. So as we embark on the holiday season, I want you to look at this beautiful practice time that you can use the four questions. This is going to be a great time for you to be trying them out and seeing what comes up once you do, seeing what arises, seeing what resonates, seeing what shifts. So as we end this episode, love, I want you to think of one thing that is resonating with you from this episode. And as you think of that one thing, we're going to take a deep breath in and out. So let's breathe in together. Thinking of that one thing. And now breathing out. Until next week, love, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.